0: Keeping up with Omicron.
1: This wave is going to go through fast.
0: Fast tracking boosters and new guidance on how long you should isolate. Tightening up measures in long-term care.
1: Biggest risk
2: to residents in care uh, really is not the Omicron variant of COVID. It is uh, lack of staffing.
0: Restricting visits to BC's most vulnerable. And thank you for being a friend.
2: Playing like Betty White out
0: there. That's not what your girlfriend said. Remembering Betty White and that time she came to BC to sing with us. And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew.
3: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
0: Good evening and thanks for joining us on this New Year's Eve. As B.C.'s COVID case count continues to explode due to the Omicron variant, the province is finally fast-tracking boosters and reducing the isolation period for most people who test positive. Richard Zussman has more on who is immediately eligible for a third dose and how this boosted rollout will work.
1: Boosting the booster shots. With the rise of Omicron and the need to try and protect as many workers as possible, we're also moving up the timing um, to six months for most people.
4: Starting Friday, everyone 60-plus will be able to book a booster, Once this group is booked in, the province will start inviting those 18-plus to book a third dose six months after their second.
5: The immunizers will, you know, are our way of basically expanding our capacity to swallow the elephant that is coming at us for people reaching their six months. But it won't be easy.
4: There's a backlog of more than 800,000 people who have already waited more than six months without a booster. On Monday, the province will start notifying by text about a third to start booking based on who has waited the longest. Then, based on capacity, the province will invite another chunk. It's not known when or how many, continuing this way until everyone waiting six months or more is invited.
5: We'd like them to be able to find a booking when they get their invite within one to
1: five weeks, depending on where they live. Some places will be waiting for a whole health community clinic to come. The average will not be five weeks. That, that's our absolute outside. Our intent is to get most people their vaccination or their booster dose within one to two weeks. The province will soon be opening mass vaccination clinics. And starting next
4: week, more pharmacies will start offering the booster. While it could take weeks to clear the backlog, the province is still prioritizing priority groups. This includes those 60 plus, indigenous British Columbians, those with two shots of AstraZeneca, pregnant women, and those living or working in healthcare or long term care settings. This is Ontario administered nearly 200,000 shots yesterday, BC around 20,000 factor in population and Ontario is providing shots three times faster
0: the issue is do we have enough people to immunize good question Richard Zussman joins us now with more Richard the province is also making uh, making changes that will impact those who test positive for COVID-19 what is BC doing with isolation periods now
4: Yeah, we know, Sophie, more and more people are getting sick. And because of what we know about the new variant, they are reducing the isolation period. So if you are vaccinated, that isolation period from the start of your symptoms is five days. And you have to be symptom-free. And if you do leave your home after the five-day period, you must wear a mask at all times up until 10 days. If you are unvaccinated, the isolation period remains days. 10 days. The province is trying to do this to help ensure that businesses aren't shuttered because people are sick and it is their attempt to try to get some semblance of normalcy while reflecting the change of this variant.
0: It certainly has changed a lot in the past couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah. All right, thanks for that, Richard. Richard Zissman in Victoria. Well, it will be a lonely start to the new year for some B.C. seniors. Dr. Bonnie Henry also announcing today that due to the rapid spread of Omicron, starting tomorrow, only essential visitors will be allowed into long-term care homes. But as Aaron MacArthur reports, many questions remain.
6: While the Omicron variant has been spreading like wildfire, The one group that was seemingly unaffected, seniors in care. That all changed this week. Health authorities reporting multiple outbreaks at long-term care facilities. In an effort to slow the spread amongst residents and staff, starting Saturday, access will be restricted to essential visitors only.
1: We need to decrease the numbers of people coming into our long-term care homes so that we can best protect the seniors and elders in our care homes and ensure that health care workers in those settings have uh, are able to manage and cope.
6: What the provincial health officer didn't specify was who qualifies as essential. BC care providers say the social interaction of family is critically important and don't want individual centres having to determine who can come in.
2: We absolutely need the minister and Dr. Henry to come out and say that everybody deserves to have an essential visitor.
6: A recent report from the Office of the Seniors Advocate highlighted that there was very little evidence of outbreaks being brought in by family member visits. Instead, about three-quarters of all outbreaks at long-term care facilities could be traced back to staff. The transmission so high in the community right now staff again the most likely vector for the most recent clusters. Um. With facilities already short staffed, Isabel McKenzie says family shouldn't be overlooked as a source of support.
1: We know from family members that many of them provide essential services for their loved ones. They help to feed them, they help to toilet them, uh, they help to dress them, they're on top of making sure uh, they get their medications. That's going to be a uh, Imperative now.
6: The order around long term care will be revisited January 18th. There is concern this order may be in effect until the Omicron wave passes BC by. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
0: Now, when it comes to the latest COVID 19 numbers, the case count is down today, but it should be noted that testing was also down. We have just shy of 3,800 new cases to report, 20,811 active cases, which is a new record. 220 people are in hospital, 73 of those patients are in the ICU, and three more people have died of complications of the virus. Keith Baldry joins us with more on those active cases, more than 20,000, Keith, in a new record. Where are those cases?
7: Yeah, quite unbelievable, more than 20,000. We were just down about 2,800 at the beginning of this month, so it's just skyrocketed, particularly with the emergence of Omicron. And Fraser Health, once again, which was the dominant location for COVID-19 for so long in this pandemic, is now again dominant. Uh, More than 9,000 active cases in Fraser, an increase of 155% in one week since Christmas Eve. Vancouver Coastal, also a big explosion there, up 56% to more than 4,500. Vancouver Island, which was really no COVID for so long, is now in third place with more than 2,300 cases, an 83% increase. And the interior in the north, which had low numbers recently, are starting to post high active numbers. So this, again, our positivity rate continues to uh, uh, increase. And you noted, uh, Sophie, the numbers are down today. The total case numbers are down. Uh, but as you noted, testing numbers are down as well. And even with that, our, test, our uh, positivity rate went up about a point and a half today, too. Mm-hmm. So we're on track to, again, thousands of cases a day. And that means that active case numbers is just going to explode. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll see what happens uh, when we get those case counts next week. All right, on another health-related matter, uh, Keith, you have an update on the health of the premier after his throat cancer diagnosis.
7: Yeah, out of the blue, on Wednesday, the Premier texted myself and Vancouver Sun columnist Vaughn Palmer because he said, we basically, three of us have known each other for 30 years, more than 30 years at the legislature. That's how long he's worked here as well, uh, with a short absence when Gordon Campbell was uh, in his first term in power. But he wanted to provide a short uh, health update. Here's what he told me via text. A short health update, Keith, my so-called robust and broad-shouldered look, which I once described him as having, has vanished. Almost 20 pounds so far, with a few more weeks of phasers. The phasers on Stun, a reference, of course, to Star Trek. He's a big Trekkie. Side effects are challenging, but tolerable at this point. Surrounded by books, a stream of good wishes, and the World Juniors. A reference to the hockey tournament was still on when he texted this, so I'm doing just fine for now. Then he offered a wish for the new year. May we all enjoy a year ahead that is at least different from the last one. And he went on to say, this text arrived moments later because the hockey tournament was just canceled. There goes the hockey. More time for the books. I'm told he's very active behind the scenes. He goes in for those uh, treatments uh, several times a a day or sometimes a week but he's very active on texting on phone calls zoom calls as well he's again out of the public eye but mm-hmm. very much part of the government
0: well it, he doesn't have the world juniors to watch but just if he's watching i'll let him know that netflix has star trek uh, the star <laughs> trek series so he can binge on those as i have i'm sure doing. he's seen every he's seen every
7: <laughs> episode at least That's twice right. i'm
0: sure Rewatch them it's worth it all right okay. thanks keith oh. Well, it has been another year of COVID restrictions for BC's hospitality industry as well. The latest round closing bars and nightclubs until at least mid-January. Despite Omicron staffing issues, many restaurants and pubs are still hanging on ahead of New Year's Eve. But as Kristen Robinson reports, there are fears the coming months will bring even more losses. The Ron Cheng feels fortunate his restaurant
5: is able to ride out 2021.
4: It's been a roller coaster.
5: Wavering restrictions, a labor shortage, and more recently, supply chain issues from flooding.
4: Everything's kind of been thrown at us.
5: As a newer business, which receives little to no government help, cold tea has adapted to survive, including scaling back one of the busiest nights of the year.
4: This time around, uh, we're just going to have regular dinner service.
5: Last New Year's Eve, cold tea was fined twenty-three hundred dollars when it hosted a large group and served drinks after 8 p.m., contravening an 11th-hour order, halting liquor sales early.
4: I think we're lucky this year where there's no 10 p.m. curfew, and we were given enough notice this time around to make the necessary
8: adjustments. I like
5: that
9: like, kind of sour. Before
5: heading into what's typically the slowest time of the year for restaurants and liquor establishments.
8: People are really scared what's going to happen in the next couple of months.
5: BC's Alliance of Beverage Licensees says about 15% of the hospitality industry has been wiped out during COVID.
8: We would not be remotely surprised to see another 5% or 10% of the industry gone in the next few months.
5: At the Junction Pub, sales are down significantly since the plexiglass came back. Along with tables of six,
2: probably a good 35 to 45 percent drop has happened ever since the la- the last order came in.
5: Vince Marino says loyal customers are keeping his two pubs alive, allowing him to pay rent, utilities, and staff.
2: There's definitely been no profitability for the last uh, two years. Um, we're just simply uh, in survival,
5: hoping to break even and outlive the pandemic. <laughs> With most of their life savings invested in cold tea, Cheng and his business partners are also determined to carry on.
4: It's been tough, but we're going to get through it.
5: Kristen
0: Robinson, Global News. It's eviction day for a Legion branch in Vancouver. The Shalom Branch 178 actually bought the land in Kitsilano in the mid-1970s but gifted it to a housing society. And now they're being tossed out where this handshake deal went wrong, next on the News Hour. You know what he has under that trench coat? <laughs> A wrench? <laughs> That's what mother called it. You know, it's the beloved Betty White, gone at the twice, age of 99. We'll time. look back at all the laughs she gave us and her memorable visit to Vancouver later. Also ahead, another blow for bright nights. Why the Stanley Park tradition has been called off for the rest of the season. Right now, though, they bought the land and contributed hundreds of thousands of dollars to its construction. But members of a Vancouver Legion branch are being given the boot from their building today. As Paul Johnson reports, the war veterans say the housing society that's kicking them out should be living up to a handshake deal made decades ago.
3: Friday afternoon, and the Legion's Shalom Branch 178 sits dark and empty. Not unlike many places this New Year's Eve. But members are wondering if they'll ever return.
2: We're waiting to see what happens at midnight.
3: Gavin Cameron is the lawyer for the branch in its bizarre dispute with its landlord. Almost 50 years ago, Shalom Branch bought the property, helped build the social housing on it, and turned it all over to a nonprofit housing society under a handshake deal where the legion would get to stay in its portion of the complex rent-free in perpetuity
2: but this is more than a handshake this was a legion who paid over a quarter million dollars to build this low-income housing project
3: but now the society wants the legion out claiming non-payment of rent Cameron says, though there may not be a written contract, a deal is still a deal.
2: There's no lease. Uh, we've asked the Housing Society to produce the lease that they're allegedly terminating, and they can't produce one.
3: On Friday, Global obtained documents from the city of Vancouver that appear to support their story. That the Legion bought the property in 1973 with the intention of creating the housing that exists today. It's a valuable property, currently approaching the $40 million mark in its latest assessment. And that's before some big changes are coming to this neighborhood. We tried to reach the president of the Maple Crest Building Society. Jeff Simons wasn't there and didn't get back to us. A date with a judge is all but assured now. This legion includes members like Reuben Sinclair, a 110-year-old World War II veteran, Generally, not the type of folks who back down easily. In Kitsilano, Paul Johnson, Global News.
0: Just ahead, a vehicle seized in a shocking hit and run in Victoria.
2: What's quite key here is establishing who's in the driver's seat of the vehicle.
0: Where the investigation stands and what we're hearing from the victim. And later, why there might be a run on paper bags in Vancouver in the days to come. In Victoria, police have seized a potential suspect vehicle in that shocking hit and run we first showed you last night. Kylie Stanton has more on the clues investigators are still looking for and the condition of the young woman who was sent flying before she landed in hospital. A warning the video in this story may be disturbing to some viewers.
1: The initial reaction to seeing this play out firsthand has been echoed by the more than 100,000 people who've since watched it on video. It looks pretty terrible. I'm surprised she was able to walk. Totally shocked and disgusted that somebody could do this to somebody and then just drive away. And they barely slowed. It was insane. The dashcam footage captures the moment a young woman was struck by a vehicle running a red light at Bay and Blanchard Street's Thursday morning. She's flung into the air and thrown several metres before landing in the middle of the intersection. The driver of a gray Mini Countryman swerves to avoid another car and continues on its way. That is unconscionable. But thanks to a tip from the community, police believe they now have the vehicle in question.
2: Our patrol officers attended... Locate the vehicle, noted the damage, and seize the vehicle for further investigation.
1: At this point, no arrests have been made. Officers must first confirm it is, in fact, the vehicle that was involved in the collision while trying to identify exactly who was behind the wheel. Once again, they're appealing to the public for assistance.
6: We have had
2: several tips from people, but we need to hear more.
1: The victim, who has identified herself on social media as Kimberlyn Slattery, could not be reached for comment, but did post to Victoria Buzz saying, I am the one that was hit. I'm home now. Luckily, there were no major injuries and I'll hopefully just be sore for a while. Thank you to all of the first responders and people that stopped to help me. The incident, in turn, now a helpful reminder to others.
6: Yeah, I looked both ways.
2: You
1: really have to walk defensively. Police say it could be some time before an arrest is made, but are hopeful the driver does the right thing and decides to come forward. Kylie Stanton, Global News,
0: Victoria. All right, we are not out of the woods just yet when it comes to the wintry weather we've been having of late. Late meteorologist Yvonne Shell joins us with more on that. How's the uh, weekend shaping up, Yvonne?
9: Tonight is the calm before the storm, Sophie. We are seeing active weather that's going to begin as early as the afternoon for tomorrow. We're tracking snowfall first along the south coast, two and up to ten centimeters is possible. It'll change to rain as we get in towards our Sunday and Saturday night. Could be dicey out of the Roseways with the risk of freezing rain. We'll see that rainfall on Sunday, heavy at times anywhere between 10 potentially up to 40 millimeters also very windy conditions gusts between 40 and potentially up to 70 kilometers per hour we've got a significant amount of snow if you're traveling to whistler along the sea to sky and much the interior i'll have more coming up very shortly so all right sounds good thanks Yvonne. up next putting an end to plastic banning
0: this these this pollution is long overdue What's covered under Vancouver's new ban starting tomorrow. And later, more COVID postponements. The Canucks changing schedule coming up in sports. While the countdown to 2022 is still on in North America, other countries around the world have already rung in the new year. A firework spectacular taking place at the world's tallest skyscraper, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. Crowds of people gathering to watch that display. And tens of thousands of partygoers gathered at a beach in Goa, India, to mark the beginning of 2022 there. Russia rang in the new year with a firework celebration in Moscow's Red Square, which was closed to the public in an effort to curb the spread of Omicron. Well, starting tomorrow, Vancouver will join a host of B.C. cities that have banned single-use plastic bags. It will also impose new rules on single-use cups. As a result, as Neetu Garcha reports, one supplier is now predicting a shortage of paper bags. I think my
10: generation has screwed it up, and it's time to t- have the younger generation that has taken the lead and follow their lead. Whether it's the environmental impact or the carrying convenience... It's the smallest thing we can do, and they're easier to carry around, so 100% for it. It's a good idea, and uh, actually I
2: think these bags are easier to carry than the other ones too, so...
10: Our informal survey of shoppers in Vancouver showed enthusiasm for the city's move to ban single-use plastic bags made of fossil fuels, plants or labeled as degradable because they're not approved for recycling or compost in B.C. And the mandatory minimum charge for a paper bag will be 15 cents, a dollar for a reusable bag and 25 cents for a single-use cup.
5: 25 cents is a good start, but it'd be nice to see it even higher so that people really think twice before they leave the house without a reusable bag or mug.
10: And that's where the issue lies, according to some in the plastics industry. The Chemistry Industry Association of Canada said in a statement, plastics have a lower environmental footprint than most alternatives, adding, rather than bans, we need to invest in recycling infrastructure and innovation.
3: So these bags are produced in China. These are top-selling craft shoppers.
10: Demand has soared at this Vancouver-based supplier, which has millions of paper and reusable bags set to arrive in the next few months.
3: Large national retailers have come to us, and they can take entire container loads even before they land. So this is very unusual for us. We're doing our best to keep up.
10: Alan Gerber says there's sure to be a shortage of stock as the new ban takes effect. When you get charged, all of
0: a sudden you think about whether you're taking it or not. It's no longer plastic or not. It's,
10: oh, this is money? I will bring my bag. And conscious consumers say the hope is the ban doesn't just lead to a switch from one single-use lifestyle to another. Nitu Garcha, Global News, Vancouver. Well, Britain has
0: greenlit Pfizer's COVID-19 pill for high-risk patients over the age of 18. The approval of the antiviral medication is for that group if they have mild to moderate infection, and if it's likely their illness will get worse. The move comes as the country scrambles to respond to Thursday's daily record of more than 189,000 new cases. Pfizer said earlier this month the pill showed near 90% efficacy in preventing hospitalizations and deaths in high-risk patients, and that it is effective against the Omicron variant. Canadian health regulators are still reviewing the treatment for use here. Still to come, bye-bye Betty. I love the spirit of Canadian people. Remembering the golden girl who made us laugh, and her special visit to Vancouver. Plus, lights out for bright nights, how thieves have spoiled the season. Some bad news if you had tickets to Bright Nights at Stanley Park. The popular event has been cancelled for the rest of the season. Someone has stolen the main power source for the train and the lights worth about $6,000. Vancouver police are investigating. It happened after the Vancouver Park Board had just fixed mechanical issues to the trains caused by freezing temperatures. Ticket holders are being asked to follow the directions on the website. The event is a huge fundraiser for the BC Professional Firefighters burn fund and the charity is asking the public for their support with its bright nights 50 50 draw the deadline to buy is midnight tonight so please help them out if you can all right let's bring in meteorologist yvonne uh shell with our final forecast of <laughs> 2021.
9: Yeah, it's fairly calm this evening, but then the active weather kicks in just in time for the new year as we ring in 2022. Overnight tonight, though, it's chilly with an increase in cloud cover. With the wind chill, it'll be feeling closer to minus 12. We'll start to see some snow developing through the day. Heavy at times, higher elevations. We'll see accumulating snowfall between 2 and up to 10 centimetres. Sea to sky, Whistler, 25 and up to 45 centimetres is possible. Along the island, and extending inland, including the Sunshine Coast, between 5 and and 15 centimetres, and the wind's a big weather story where well, we could see gusts for most areas across Metro Vancouver between 40 and up to 70 kilometres per hour. Snowfall along the northern half of the province inland up to 60 centimetres. Stewart-Nachaco, 10 centimetres of snow. If you're travelling along the mountain passes, we have a significant amount of snow that'll continue all the way in towards Monday and the winds for both days out of the weekend with gusts of up to 70 kilometres per hour before it does start to ease off. We are going to track that snowfall and then changing over to rainfall or coastal areas, the snowfall will be heaviest for the central interior and then partly cloudy and clearing towards the afternoon. Higher elevations, I thought I had it in there, but for example, the Kootenai Pass, 20 and up to 40 centimetres is possible, so heavy at times, continuing all the way in towards Monday and we'll have snow changing over to rain, even with the risk of freezing rain for tomorrow night. Snowfall on Sunday, changing over to rain and still wet snowfall into early next week. So be prepared, storm over the weekend. Tonight's weather window was captured from Mount seymour a gorgeous shot and this one taken by Redenko. So, blue sky and snow, of course. Thank you very much, Yvonne. Well, just when
0: you thought 2021 had given all it could give us, one more kick in the pants today. Sad news from the world of entertainment. Beloved comedic actor Betty White has died just 17 days shy of her 100th birthday. Global's Ross Lord has a look back at her trailblazing career spanning eight decades.
8: I suppose you've all heard the news. Betty White held a unique distinction. The longest career of any television entertainer. Among her memorable characters was the sharp-tongued Sue Ann Nivens on the Mary Tyler Moore Show in the 1970s. Gets
0: a little cramped for a woman with a bosom. (laughs) You fine in
8: here, dear. <laughs> to others, she's better known as the naive Rose Nyland on the Golden Girls.
0: The kids had made up this really mean nickname for me just because I had hairy legs. What'd they call you? Rose with the hairy legs.
8: But White's pioneering work came much earlier. She began her TV career fresh out of high school in 1939. In the early 50s, she made history. At age 28, she was the first woman to produce a comedy series. Betty
6: White in Life with Elizabeth. (laughs) Elizabeth, will you stop talking like an idiot, please?
0: Sometimes I have to talk like an idiot, darling, so you'll understand me.
8: She lost the love of her life, husband Alan Ludden, to cancer in 1981, but White continued to generate laughter. (laughs) You're playing like Betty White out
1: there. That's not what your girlfriend says.
6: Baby!
0: Use Snickers. Better?
8: White was also nicknamed the first lady of game shows. She became the first woman to win a daytime Emmy Award for hosting a game show with the ironic title, Just Men.
0: This key just started this beautiful Ford Mustang convertible.
8: At age 88, she became the oldest person to host Saturday Night Live. All along, White was a staunch advocate for animal health working with the Los Angeles Zoo Commission and other agencies to promote animal welfare. But perhaps her greatest thrill had nothing to do with TV or acting. In 2010, the American Forest Service made White an honorary forest ranger. It was a childhood goal, unattainable then because women were kept out.
2: There we go.
8: (laughs) A proud moment in a life full of resounding achievement. Ross Lord. You would be the biggest gift, would be from me, and the card attached
0: would say, Thank you for being a friend. I love it. Thank Uh, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God, I have chills because we hugged Betty White, one of the highlights of my life. And Randine's too. Betty White paid a visit to Vancouver in 2012 for the Vancouver Comedy Festival. Randine and I were so lucky to have the chance to interview her and sing with her. She was just as hilarious and lovely as she seems on TV. And we have posted that full interview for you online. You can check it out and uh, listen to us sing again, (laughs) globalnews.ca slash bc.
2: She really was just... Did she know so? you guys were going to break out the theme song?
0: No, no, I'm not sure that everybody we remembered the words. She, but she actually did. I was shocked she remembered the words because they don't listen to the theme song before they shoot the show, right?
2: You would so. think not, but I don't think just the same. She must have listened to it at some point.
0: She was amazing, really, and now I feel like watching. You know what we should do tonight to close out 2021? What's that? A Golden Girls marathon. <laughs> Okay. Got to be streaming somewhere.
2: I'm sure it is. <laughs> well, it should be now. It should be now.
0: I, I would think. Okay. what do you have? Well, um, last night the
2: Canucks didn't win. So instead of an eight game win streak, they have an eight game point streak.
3: You can't go out there and just because you've gone well think you can throw your sticks out there and people are going to bow down and say, oh, here they come.
2: Well, wasn't the best game they played under Bruce Boudreaux. But as I said, at least they got a point.
0: The streak's a streak. Later tonight, Plays of the year. Squire will have the best of 2021. All right, Squire, your final sports cast, I think. Unless you're working later tonight. Of
2: 2021. 2021.
0: I'll be back next
2: year. I'll be back next year. Okay. Uh, In an effort to avoid half-empty stadiums because of COVID restrictions, the NHL has allowed Canadian teams to postpone some home games to be played, hopefully when those restrictions are lifted. And with that in mind, the Canucks postpone next Wednesday's game at Rogers Arena against the Islanders. Now, the Canucks will be in Seattle tomorrow for a game with that eight-game point streak, no longer a win streak. It ended last night by losing to the Kings in a shootout, but at least Vancouver got a point in a game when really the Canucks were not the better team.
6: The ex-King against his ex-teammate, and he stopped...
2: It had to happen sooner or later, but even in defeat, the Canucks didn't come away empty-handed. If you're going to lose, at least pick up a point, and that's what the Canucks did. It was probably their worst team performance under Bruce Boudreaux, but Yaroslav Halak made 34 saves to extend the Boudreaux point streak to eight games.
3: We didn't play very good, especially our second period. we It's probably, I know it's as bad as I've seen us play, but... Uh, um, they hung in there, and our goalie was outstanding, and that's why we got a point.
2: Halak has just one win this season, but the Canucks have only scored 12 goals in his seven games. With all of the postponements, many back-to-back games are likely ahead, and Halak has earned the chance to get more work.
3: Tonight, he gave us a, a fighting chance. Uh, there's no way we should have been down only one nothing at the end of two, and we were. And uh, so, I mean, he gave us a fighting chance to win, We, you know. And we got a point out of it.
5: Penalty shot.
2: Earlier today, Connor McDavid and the Oilers in New Connor Jersey Hughes against the Devils, out. and uh, Connor had two, including this one. It's a nice one in the second period. Speed and skill, and a goal. But you know who else played well was Quinn Hughes's brother Jack. He had two goals, including this one in overtime. That's the winner, as the Devils beat Mike Smith and the Oilers six to five. Uh, Russell Wilson's past in Seattle, of course, includes one Super Bowl win, nearly two. He says he'd like to win three more Super Bowls in his career, but will that be in Seattle this Sunday against Detroit? It is the final home game of this season for the Seahawks. Will it be Russell Wilson's final home game as a Seahawk as well?
6: I know for me personally, you know, uh, you know, I, I hope it's not my last game, but you know, at the same time, I know it won't be my last game in the NFL. I love the city and I love this, you know, this moment. So. Uh, you know, I love these guys, and so we've we got to make sure we get better today. That's the, only, that's the only thing that matters.
2: Nick Saban in Alabama. Saban has won seven national championships, six with the Crimson Tide. This is the Cotton Bowl, but it's basically the semifinals of the national championship of college football. And Alabama wins easy over the Cincinnati Bearcats. To Corey Brooks with a touchdown right there, 27-6, the final. There you go.
0: All right, we've been waiting 364 days for this, Squire. Oh, yeah. Plays of the Year is next. Stay with us. All right. You've been working on this since... um last january
2: something like that yeah <laughs> uh, actually over the weekend uh, on bc1 there'll be a half hour of plays of the year we ran one on christmas day this is a bit of a shorter one should say again no one gets killed in this no one gets badly hurt and we can't use olympic footage so nothing from the tokyo games but here we go plays of the year 2021
6: the oilers got the matchup they wanted rangers having trouble changing here mcdavid beautiful move
3: i <laughs>
2: go. So as I said, uh, all weekend long on BC One, check your local listings. We'll have a half hour version.
0: The that bigger and more version of that. Big and more, yes. All right, well done, Squire. Thank you. Uh, just before we leave you tonight, we want to say congratulations and farewell to one of our talented Global BC teammates. Today, Global News editor Ted Anhorn is wrapping up A spectacular career spanning more than 40 years in the business, most of it with us. He's played a pivotal role in shaping and contributing to many of the newscasts right here at Global. We miss you already, Ted. He's probably commuting home right now, but wish you much (laughs) enjoyment in your well-deserved retirement. One of the best, and we got to learn from him and work with him. And a good human. That is true. All right, that is all the time we have for this year. We'll do it again next year. <laughs> Happy New Year. For Happy New, New Year. year.